It's Thursday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Hopefully everyone is recovered from the lively presidential debate last night. Mark, I know that you certainly... Uh, oh, goodness. Big that, night. That was some stuff. Big night. Some stuff happened. Have you, uh, have you slept at all yet? Um... Does it feel like you've slept, even if you have? It does. It doesn't feel like I've slept. Let's put it that way. A restless sleep. A restless sleep. A restless. I mean, sleep. We, we don't need to go down the political road too much, but whoo, that was some entertainment. Restless sleep. But we're yeah. here. We're going to talk a little bit of football. Uh, we're going to specifically talk about our plays of last week. We got a little bit of Thursday night football coming tonight, but we figured what better time to dig into our top offensive plays and our top special teams plays from last week. Still staying and, and, away from... I'm sorry, go ahead. Let's be honest, though. We've got football tonight, but it's Thursday night football. Well, We're not really anticipating any plays of the week coming out of these games, are we? These Thursday night games, man. Uh, my my special teams play the uh, of week one came out of the Thursday night game. It was that so, put by uh, Andy Lee, that 72 or 76 yarder. I can't remember. So I, I guess out of now one out of 12, six. one out of six for on your side and 0 for 6 for me. Okay, yeah. So those, ain't getting, those aren't great numbers. No, we're not We're not hitting on uh, strong percentages there. But, not, you know, maybe maybe the Packers and the Bears will do something for us tonight that we'll revel about next week. On offense, it's looking unlikely. On special teams, equally unlikely. Royal might bust off a punt return. That's true. That's true. He did have one uh, earlier one this ours, year. Yeah. So maybe no. you could be right. Maybe maybe we'll talk. Actually, wait, is that two special teams plays that we had? No, because that wasn't a Thursday night one. Right. That was just the Bears doing Bears, the Bears things. Bears doing Bears things. So let's talk a little bit of football now. Uh, let's start Let's start special teams this week. Let's do that. Change it up. Let's start special teams this week. This is the President Whitmore Weekly Medal of Special Teams. It's presented to you by Case Crop Dusting. Case Crop Dusting. Is it getting dusty in here? And uh, we're going to talk about a uh, play from the, uh, the Washington uh, versus Philadelphia game from over the weekend, an NFC East battle. Uh, and we're going to be looking at a uh, kickoff return coming in the middle of the second quarter. Washington has just scored uh, in the second quarter here. And effectively, uh, they get, you know, clean extra point coming from Dustin Hopkins. You know, they're sitting there saying, okay, we're up 14 nothing, sitting pretty, you know, in, in pretty good shape right now. And they go and they kick off to uh, Philadelphia. And Dustin Hopkins sets up with the ball pretty, pretty much in the middle of the field. And he puts it right between, uh, if you're Philadelphia, the left numbers for Philadelphia, the right numbers for uh, Washington, right between the numbers in the hash there. Okay. Uh, Mr. Smallwood takes the, uh, takes the ball right. You know, it's, it's, it's actually, there's one thing I need to back up on this. Washington's kicking from their own 20. Okay, due to an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So they're kicking from their own 20. So Hopkins hits the ball 66 yards, a little short for Hopkins, actually. I think he might have tried to pretty much whale this thing and didn't quite get all of it. So puts it right inside the numbers. And what Philadelphia does is they run a pretty clean return here. Coming right up that side, they double team uh, the R3 for Washington. So the third man in on that side that the ball is kicked to, Philadelphia double teams. And they get an absolutely phenomenal block on this double team, which is right at the point of attack. They get two guys coming in, seal the man off, and they get a great block there. Single blocks on both the R1 and the R2 outside, 
And then they also loop a guy up inside to pretty much wall off anyone coming uh, from the inside on Washington. So pretty much what they do, they double team right at the point of attack, single blocks, they wall off the outside, and then they get a fourth blocker coming up inside just to pick off any stray guys that come in. Smallwood, to be completely honest, I think maybe a hand grazes him at one point, but this is a phenomenally executed return uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles here. Every block falls right as it's supposed to be. It's it's not without fault for Washington just because the uh, the R4 for Washington does get walled off pretty easily and doesn't really get himself in position to make a play. But I'll tell you, this was just a cleanly executed play by the Eagles. Really well done. And, and just, you know, again, Smallwood goes pretty much right up the right numbers and straight up there, and he's gone. Yeah, I'm watching this now. It is an incredibly well-blocked return. Looking at it from Washington's perspective, A, was the kick just too short? And B, it looks like looks like this was teed up in the middle. And like you said, it, the kick lands almost near the numbers. Was this a situation where the kick was misplaced? You know, I had thought about that because Washington with Hopkins, typically they try to kick between, if you're looking from their perspective, they typically go between the left hash and the left numbers. So, you know, part of me wonders, you know, if you if you try to really wind up and whale a ball, you can often end up with it fading kind of like you do with, you know, a golf ball when you try to, uh, you know, Put, put a little extra on it just to smoke it, you know, 170 yards if you're me and, you know, really give it a little oomph. You know, what you end up with is that slice or that fade in a lot of cases because you're pulling off the ball. And I wonder if that's what ended up happening here. But, you know, the left side of the Washington formation closes down pretty quickly. So it, it doesn't seem like they were out of position necessarily. It just seems like they... They, they were very well blocked at the point of attack. And I will say this also, the R5 for Washington, he, he reads the block and he pretty much goes right into it. He doesn't try to go butt side at all. He reads that he's going to get walled inside. And what does he do? He goes farther inside to try to avoid it. So he takes himself out of his lane a little bit uh, as well. So, you know, I think it was more sloppy execution from the coverage unit. Um, I think the kick probably went where it was supposed to just because the backside does close down pretty quickly. Um, they also could have just been reading their landmarks pretty well. They could have been reading the ball flight and, and picked it up quickly, but I think this is probably where they're trying to go. Hopkins is a pretty good kicker. Um, you know, he's typically pretty, uh, pretty strong on kickoff. So I, I generally would say it's in this case, I think it's great execution by the Eagles more than anything else. Um, but a little a little sloppy by the coverage unit as well. Just but before we get off of this, I, I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about landmarks and avoidance rules for the guys that they're coming down on coverage on kickoffs because you know teams typically teach what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to avoid a block when you're running downfield, and how do you what to do to get back to your landmark. Can you just highlight that, like what these guys are taught to do as they run down and cover a kick on a kickoff? Yeah, so pretty much what it is, is, and, and let's look at this vertically first. You've got really three zones as you're going through, uh, you know, as you're going downfield in kickoff coverage. First zone is, is pretty much what I call your fly zone. It's like you get off and from effectively in the NFL from the 35, your own 35 to the opposing 40 or 35, kind of that 25, 30 yard period 
it's, look, you're just flying for that first 25 or 30 yards. You then get to the point where, as you mentioned, look, let's, we, we, we've got to avoid our, our blocks that are coming for us. The general rule of thumb, as I was taught and that I know a lot of special teams coaches teach, is, look, if you feel pressure coming from the right side, okay, trying to wall you left, you want to get butt side of that pressure because they're trying to get you out of that area. So, in general, rule of thumb, hey, you got to get butt side. If you can't get butt side, okay, wall your, line your man up, get him squared up, and just hold your position there. You know, go try to just plow right through him and hold your position. Do not let him push you left if he wants to push you left. It's okay if you can't get to the right, but don't let him push you left because if the return's coming right up where you are, look, your job, if he's coming at you, obviously make the tackle. If you can't make the tackle, get a hand on him so that, uh, you know, you're able to slow him down. If you can't get a hand on him, at least, you know, force him to go left, right somehow in that position. So that's really when you get into the third part of, uh, you know, your, your vertical uh, lanes down the field is, look, you've got your fly zone, you've got, you know, your avoidance zone, and then you got to get there, make a tackle or make the guy move side to side. So that's what we do when we're talking about getting down the field vertically. As far as maintaining landmarks horizontally, the big thing is you want to maintain your coverage lanes, but gradually narrow down. So for example, if you're starting out as, uh, you know, an R2 right on the right numbers or something like that, you follow the numbers kind of for the first you know, 10, 15 yards, and then you're gradually narrowing down inside as you go downfield. You're never crossing over too far. If you're you know, an outside guy, you never want to cross over the face of the ball because you're, you know, if you're a two or you know, a one, you're typically acting as a container of safety, but you're gradually narrowing down there. So it's all about knowing the three zones of the field as you get downfield, and then it's also about knowing, hey, where do I need to be horizontally on the field? as I start to narrow down there. So those are the things that you got to keep track of. And you're also doing it in a span of about four seconds while someone's trying to take your head off and try to ear hole you from the side. So there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. I mean, that, that's in all the podcasts we've done, we've never really talked about that. No, we haven't. So it's, uh, I'll mark the tape and, uh, we got, yeah, Thursday, uh, October 20th, of 2016 is when we officially went through coverage lanes. There there's, we go. Somebody must have had a pool on that one somewhere, right? I'll, I'll check. Uh, I might have actually won a little, won a little money on that. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, you just you just rolled baited me right into that one. No big deal at all. Let's let's do a little bit of offense here. What are we talking uh, for the? Uh, what are we doing for the Harry Stamper All Go Offensive Play of the Week? We are going back to the NFC South, if you can believe it. Uh, we talked a little bit about them last week on the pod. We're going to go to that Carolina New Orleans game. A um, little bit of an offensive burst from both teams here. Um, but before we get into that, I want to remind our listeners that the Harry Stamper, that the offensive play of the week is brought to you by Stamper Oil and our good friend Harry Stamper, Stamper Oil, helping you drill deep. We're going to talk about a play. It doesn't even go for a touchdown, but it's one of those situations where as a receiver, you've got to be aware of even if you're not involved in the route or the read progression for the quarterback – there's always a chance for you to make a big play for your team. We're going to talk about this play. It's a second and 10 with about 749 left in the in the fourth quarter. It's now a 31-30 game. This was a game that New Orleans had a 24-10 lead at the half. They were pretty much in control. But then 
I don't know if they left their foot let their foot off the gas a bit, but Carolina got back into this game and had actually just scored a touchdown. They missed the PAT, so it's a 31-30 game, and this is New Orleans' next possession. They're facing a second and 10 on their own 36-yard line, and they actually empty the backfield. They've got 11 personnel, but they empty things, um, and they put Brandon Cooks sort of as the number two receiver to the left side where they've got three receivers to the left. Um, the Panthers have their 4-2-5 nickel on, on the field, and they're going to show cover two before the snap. But they ended up rotating it to a sort of a cover three matching scheme. And on his right, Breeze is going to get – he's going to get a quick out, more like, a I guess, an option route from Sneed. And then he's going to get a post route over the top of that from Michael Thomas. And he takes a three-step drop, and that's where he's looking to throw the ball. Now, Carolina's showing blitz. They sugar the A-gap with both linebackers. So Breeze is probably thinking, blitz is coming. I'm going to get this out. It's a three-step concept anyway, and nobody's going to, you know, Sneed should be open on his little route here. But they drop back. They only rush three, and they drop both linebackers and a defensive end towards Sneed's route. So Sneed is basically bracketed not only by that defensive end, but also one of the safeties, the safety that rotates down as they rotate to this cover three matching concept, takes the outside of Sneed, and you've got that defensive end dropping off who comes from the inside. So Sneed's basically bracketed. So at this point, Breeze needs to get off of it. He actually pumps on this. To the backside, they're running hitch, fade, hitch from outside in or inside out since it's basically the same. And Cooks is in the middle, and he's running sort of this like slot fade route. When Breeze pumps, Cooks looks back, and he's draped in coverage. But he looks back, and he sees that Breeze is now looking towards his side of the field. Cooks has a defender right next to him in this cover three matching concept. The defender sees that as well, and the defender freezes for a second. And that's when Cooks just hits the gas again and takes off. He runs right by that defender who had him. The free safety's in the middle of the field. Now, remember, he's got that post route coming from Michael Thomas. So he's hanging in the middle of the field. Bree sees Cooks take off and just uncorks one. And he hits Cooks in stride. Cooks reels the pass in at about the 30-yard line. He gets knocked out of bounds at about the 15, setting them up with a first and 10 in the red zone. They would go on a few plays later and score another touchdown uh, this time to Josh Hill, uh, get them back to a 38-30 lead. Is there any team that is more fun to watch from a combination of talent and coaching on offense right now than New Orleans? I actually was talking about this a little bit the other day on Twitter. New Orleans might be – New Orleans is definitely up there, but my two favorite teams right now to watch, Dallas is probably number two. Well, Dallas is number two. Atlanta. I love watching what they're doing on offense right now. Really? Yeah, it's just from week to week. You know, I've talked a lot about their 13 personnel, this like three tight end package that they roll out and how they get matchups they want. We talked a little bit about what they did against Denver and getting the running backs outside and matched up on linebackers. Well, they went out to Seattle this week. They didn't come out with a win, but the chess match between what they were doing with Julio Jones matched up against Richard Sherman and the different ways that they got jones to be covered by somebody other than richard sherman was fascinating they would either you know put jones in the slot or they would put jones on the outside and then motion a tight end outside of him forcing sherman to then slide outside or just different little wrinkles that they had so they're just the talent that they have they're nice little conceptual pieces built sort of around julio jones who's just a you know generational type talent at the wide receiver position they're just fun to watch 
I wasn't expecting to hear Atlanta, but I might have to take a closer look now. You sold me. I, I do what I can for my friends down in Atlanta. NFC South, right? I mean, it's, NFC uh, that, South. that's pretty much where it's at is what you're telling me. We've gone. Is this three weeks in a row that we've done NFC South now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I th- that's exactly right. What can I say? SEC's rubbed off on you this year. It huh? has, man. It has. You know, I can't wait to get down to Mobile and get my hands on some of that Ooh, Mobile food, man. I got to tell you, though, I'm having uh, having some hip issues, though. Uh-oh. Combine, you- combine time could be a little slow. Come on. Having some hip issues. I got to get it checked out. Krabs was tweeting that he was at the gym this weekend. I was at the gym this weekend, too. I think that was the problem. There you go. Well, we will see. That's all we got for the day. What do we got tomorrow, though? Oh, you know what we got tomorrow. Yeah, I know what we got tomorrow. We got a little kicker Friday coming up tomorrow. Fantastic it stuff. It is. It really is. We're talking, little, yeah, we're talking Goskowski tomorrow. Ooh, Pats fans, we're talking Goskowski tomorrow. Might want to tune in. Or, or maybe not if you don't want to, you know, have your heart broken or something. Patriots like fans that. are really reasonable all things, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're look, they're very reasonable about everything except football. So, yeah. look, we that. can say that as Patriots fans, we can say that we're about as unreasonable as it comes. That's all the time we got today. We are back tomorrow for Kicker Friday on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. <laughs>